Welcome to the PT Support Podcast, the show dedicated to helping personal trainers build a thriving business. We talk marketing, mindset, business growth, and so much more with the world's leading experts and, of course, your hostess, Ruth Quinn. What is up? Oh my gosh, I'm ridiculously excited because Angie Lee is in the house. Stop it. <laughs> in the house. <laughs> oh, in the house. Oh, so I love so loving your accent. You're loving my accent. We're going to have so much fun. Maybe we should swap accents for the whole. <laughs> I know. I was like, you pretend to be me. I'll be t- pretend to be you. <laughs> Amazing. So guys, if you have been hiding under a crazy, crazy deep rock somewhere, <laughs> Maybe you don't know who Angie is, but if you don't, like, go off Facebook right now. Well, don't go off Facebook, but go and follow her on Instagram because I know that's where you're hanging out a lot these days. But can you give the guys a really quick snapshot about, like, who you are, what you do, just in case they, like, have missed it somehow? Yeah, it's interesting describing what I do because I see myself so multifaceted, so sometimes it's it's hard to describe, but... I see myself as a serial entrepreneur. I have a CBD line. I have a podcast show. So most of my work right now is podcasting. And then I have digital online courses that help online entrepreneurs, mostly health and wellness coaches to monetize their online brand. So a lot of my work up until recently was business coaching for health coaches. And now I'm transitioning into events and books and speaking and CBD, a CBD line. If if you guys don't know what that is, I can tell you later (laughs) what it is. And then, um, I don't know if it's big over there. So I'm not sure if you guys know what, what that is. And then, um, yeah, that's how I'd explain what I do, though. Most most of my work in my show, when you guys listen to it, is um, helping online entrepreneurs to be confident and to increase their income. Yes, which I absolutely love. I'm obsessed with your podcast. Aww. Every time I'm in the car, it's on. Yeah. My little boy tells me to turn it off. <laughs> my two-year-old is like, no, mommy, no, mommy. <laughs> like, that feels weird. Don't listen to this. <laughs> he just wants my attention, that's all. Um, so, but I really want to jump into a lot of the stuff that you talk about on your podcast and also it's been so awesome for me to gain clarity more around what I do in terms of reaffirming that I'm actually teaching the right stuff to people yeah. when, you know, when imposter syndrome comes and does this. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, Angie says the same stuff as me, so I must be doing something right. Yeah. So I love to first talk about messy action because I know I love that you use that term. I think it's Tony Robbins who calls it um, massive imperfect action, but I love that you call it messy action because that's so much more accurate. Yeah. Um. So I speak to so many personal trainers and they're kind of like trying to get all of these things lined up before they do anything, right? Oh, I need this perfect website and I, I need to create all my packages and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. What would you say to those people? Yeah, it's interesting. I find that a lot of times as humans, we hide behind school or more education or another certification, or we even hide behind education in the sense of personal development sometimes too. And we do that because we're afraid to finally put in the messy action or to put in the work that it actually takes. And I think that you learn step two by taking step one, right? It's not like you'll ever really know what's going to happen, especially in your business. And my advice is to know that the best teacher and the best course that you could ever take is just you diving into it and actually doing the work and having this idea that it's not going to be perfect, especially the first few times you launch something, it's not going to be the best sales page and the best video. And it's not going to be the best thing you've ever created because you're starting before you're ready. And so it's probably the first version is probably not your favorite and your best. And 
what's that quote? It's something like, if your first version is your best, it's you started too late, which means like most people in life wait till they think it's all ready and perfect and polished and the page looks like this and then they wait eight months and it's like, man, you could have made money in, in those eight months. You could have actually monetized what you wanted to do. And so I'm a huge fan of get what you need to get in gear to go, but start now. Don't wait until who knows what to happen because the longer you wait, I think the longer you also talk yourself out of it. Absolutely. And I really want to talk off the back of that. I really want to talk about um, organic versus paid, growing your brand on social media. I see so many, I'm in so many different forums and groups where all these PTs are hanging out. And so many people are asking about Facebook ads. Yeah. But really, you grew your brand like organic, right? Yeah. So we're just now, literally like next week, I think, going to start some ads. And I've been lazy and still putting it off. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we need to do that. So. I did, I did all of it organic up until now. And I think that a lot of that I credit to video and podcasting and, and interacting with people, you know, and when you have an audience, they're like your family, you have to write back to them. You have to answer them. You have to engage with them. And I'm a social butterfly. So I think in this world, it actually paid off that I like just chatting with people. And so when girls would write me, I'd be like, Oh my God, what do you do? And what's, what's your life? Where some people, I think when they build a brand, they're nervous to be highly engaged. And then they're wondering why people aren't purchasing or staying in their communities. And uh, you have to be, if you're not going to run ads, you have to really up your engagement. And you also have to realize that ads are great and they have a time and place, but until you know your voice and you know who you're speaking to, you're basically just flushing money down the drain because the ad's not going to convert then because it's like, Oh, like if the ad's just really generic and it's like, Hey, do you want to get healthy? Click here. It, it, it doesn't matter if you put money behind it, it might not convert. So I say, see what converts organically. And then you could try that same stuff in paid. But a lot of like my mentors have told me that now I'm in a good place to try paid because I've seen what works organically. So that's what I suggest is mastering the copywriting, mastering your voice, mastering all of that, and then putting some money behind Instagram or Facebook ads. But I think if it's the first thing you do, it's kind of like, I don't know, it kind of feels a little bit like super transactional and you haven't taken the time to really get to know your people. Absolutely. The importance of building that relationship. If you're a personal trainer who loves chatting to new people in the gym, like just generally chatting to people, I used to chat to people everywhere when like I'd be having a coffee and like yeah. start conversations. You're mm -hmm. literally just transfer translating that online. But there seems to be a lot of fear around that, or maybe they're they're thinking they need to be like the professional version of themselves online, mm -hmm. not the real version of themselves. But guys, just be the real you because that's what people. That's why people will choose you. That's yeah. why I'm obsessed with Angie over <laughs> other people doing the same thing. I mean, you say all the time, there's no like secret magic thing. You're not reinventing the wheel. It's just that you are you. Therefore, your tribe of amazing baby grandmas love you. Love yeah, I think it's interesting. So, so even now, you know, I think of that, I'm, and I catch myself doing. It. I'm like, oh wait, if if this was a, a party and a girl was like, hey, your dress is really cute, you wouldn't be like, okay, you'd be like, oh yeah, I just got it. What are you wearing? So it's it, like if a girl DMs you and says, hey, what are, I love what you're wearing or eating or saying, or I love that business tip on a podcast, I'll say, oh my gosh, thanks so much. So what did you like? Because in that moment, one, it shows that I respect that she took the time to write me, and two. Then I get market research. I'm huge on that. I get to know what do you like? And through that, I know what my audience loves. I know what they don't like. I just, I have a better idea 
of what to create then. So it's just a win-win-win when you're willing to just get messy. And yes, it's time consuming, but it's kind of your job when you're when you're building a community to be in it and not just like pass it off right away or just ignore them. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the massive problems that I've seen with personal trainers. Maybe more on Instagram and I don't know if it's different here to the US, but here they kind of are like all about the likes or like the attention. Mm. You're missing the point. You're missing the opportunity to actually really engage and have real conversations. I think sometimes with Instagram, personal trainers are like uh, trying to project their Instagram image. They're afraid to show their real image. I know you talk a lot. And you're obsessed with Instagram stories and how that's more Instagram stories is more real life, unedited, funny looking. So I'll give specific business tips or mindset tips, but then I'll also just show really weird stuff in my life because I think people want to know that I'm also a human and I have a life and I, you know, and, and they want to see what I eat. And I think that it's important to show that because one, it's would be boring if not. And two, they well, they want to connect with a human, and that's why reality TV is one of the largest industries, because they want to People are creepy and snoopy and they just want to, people want to know what other people are doing and eating and, and hanging out there. You have to show them that too. You can't always be like, hello, today's fat loss tip is this. And then tomorrow, same thing. Like you're like a robotic teacher. People don't want to buy from a robot and people are going to get bored of you. And I just think there has to be this beautiful split of you're their friend, but you're also their teacher. And if you can combine those, I think you've mastered social media and you've mastered the art of building an audience. I think people are either too much on one side and they're confused why they haven't really made money yet or it's not worked, so. Totally. Mm -hmm. The two things I want to pick up from that, what you just said, I love that you just blatantly say, don't be boring. Can you not be boring? And I love it because I actually was like, there's so many times I've wanted to say that, but I haven't. And then you said it and I was like, yes! I know. I think I'm going to record episodes. I have, I literally in my, I have a whole list of like podcasts to record and on my list in the top 10 still is, um, stop being boring and all about marketing and branding because I think people are like, why aren't people, I'm like, you're being boring and you're not a boring person. You're just like putting on this facade and putting on this mask because you think you have to be this certain person online when I, I mean, I just can't explain to women the moment that I literally became more authentic, everything changed because it was almost as if this filter was taken off. And I think that when people feel that and realize that they, they, people want to work with people, you know, they just do. They don't want to work with maybe the most polished person. So I think, I think authenticity wins right now, especially I think things are doing like a full 180. It used to be more like who's the most perfect person on Instagram. And now I think it's coming back to authenticity. 100%. Mm-hmm. So if someone is really, because I, I have this conversation so much with PTs, if someone is really terrified of showing up on video or maybe they're actually really introverted, what tips would you give them? Because when we're saying don't be boring, I feel like, you know, big personalities like like us and a lot of people, it's quite easy for us to be playful and fun and laugh. And, but if you're like super introverted, really shy, terrified of doing video, what would you suggest to those people? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I get that question a lot. And I think it is interesting because I'm an ENFP. So I'm like, what would that be like to be introverted? But, <laughs> but it's interesting I think, um, and I've coached so many introverted girls. So I've had this discussion with them. We figured out what it is. I think one, it's practice, of course. I think sometimes women in that, in that space will realize that through practice, they actually were more outgoing and extroverted than they thought. And also knowing that you don't have to be anybody that you're not. If you're not loud and weird, like you don't have to be. You could just be you. 
be quiet and reserved, but still be fully you. And I think people think that you have to be a certain way. You don't have to. You just have to show up as you, but practice. I mean, practice is everything. I think a lot of people online, I think a lot of vloggers and internet bloggers and uh, people like that, they're actually, actually, they're actually in real life very, very introverted, but they put on almost like a, like they're yeah. the most extroverted self or social. And so knowing that maybe that's a skill that you kind of learned to turn on a little bit too, but just be you, be fully you. I don't think you have to change, but I think, I think practice makes everything easier too. I mean, I used to be more shy too with it. And then you kind of do so many live videos that you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, <laughs> you could just like do them in your sleep then because you realize it's not as scary as you thought it was. So I think that's a good thing to remember. Nothing's as scary as we make it out to be before we do it too. Absolutely. I've actually heard Russell Brunson say that he's super introverted. And I was like, what? Because on his videos, he's like, what's up, guys? It's Russell Brunson. And I'm like, you are not introverted. Most of my internet friends who are other entrepreneurs, they're all super introverted. And like some of them, they are who they are in real life, but some are not at all. Like they're not like that. And I'm, I'm like a rare one where like, this is literally what I'm like, but a lot of them aren't. They just don't want to be that person. And they're, they're shy. And they have to put on that and that's like part of their job, you know? And so it's, it's interesting to see <laughs> the differences. Totally. And I think really that links very nicely to some chocolate kale. I love that. I love that. I mean, again, I've heard the term like, you know, give them what they want, mm. tell them what they want, give them what they need. But I love the way you described it. I actually was listening to that episode last night and on the way back from the gym. Um, <laughs> the gym. <laughs> oh my god, I love it! I love the the gym. Entertaining you. I feel like wait, don't don't oh, wait. Are you in Sydney? Uh, Melbourne. Melbourne. Is that near Sydney or no? No. Oh, my <laughs> best friend, one of my best friends lives in uh, Sydney, and she always says like the, she always tells me the weird stuff they say there, like you know, for stuff. And I'm trying to think of yeah. some of the funny ones. So, like what? Oh, they say like. How 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 are you doing? How how are how are you doing? How, how are you going? How are you going? That's so weird. That's so weird. Like, where are you going or how are you doing? How are you going? How are you going? Is like, how are you going there on your car in your car on a bike? How are you going? I just I don't know. I think that's so funny. Anyways, well, oh, chocolate kale. Okay, chocolate kale. What does it mean? Um, essentially, is my little. My little way to explain selling people on the what, not the how, selling people on what they need, uh, what they want, not what they need. And in marketing, a lot of times you'll notice this with big brands and social brands that, and especially with, with health and wellness coaching, I know this applies to them, is they think that, um, so let's say it's they, um, the mom wants to get super fit and trim and um, wants to be like lose the belly fat and the baby fat, but instead they're selling her on confidence and the mindset and like all these other things that are important, but it's not the first step or what the mom really wants. And so they're missing the opportunity to even get her into their community. So I really help women on breaking down, okay, what is it that your person wants you can actually speak to them. And then once you get their attention, it's your job to teach them and to show them the kale and the spinach and all the crap that maybe they don't really want to admit they need help with. Absolutely. And yeah, it's kind of like an example would be when you're selling someone on beating binge eating or emotional eating or yo-yo dieting, it's not really about the food, but they think it is, but it's about, emotions and self-worth and self-love and all that all that jazz so yeah it's interesting because that that marketing tactic has worked really well to help women shift their their voice on the, in the online space completely i say this all the time and it actually kind of goes back to video because people will be like i'm doing video 
but it's not working. And then I'll go to get their newsfeed and they're like, so if you want to lose some fat, do these stretches. I'm like, I'm so bored. Why? Like what? <laughs> Either that or that takes me to my next point and I'm going to say it your way, niche. The niche. I love the way you say it every time on the episode because you talk about it so much. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> the niche, the niche. How do you guys say it? Niche. Oh, niche. niche. Oh, you say niche. That's like all fancy. Okay. <laughs> um, so maybe they're using video, but they have no idea who they're talking to. Or I see PTs kind of just get on there. Like, I feel like when you get to your level, you could literally do anything on video and people would be like, oh my God, it's Angie. Because that's where your brand is at. Like, like we're talking about poop. Yeah, but like that takes so much yeah. work and like yes. years and years to do that. And I still feel weird when I do it and I'm so surprised. But like, yeah, I think you have to like literally work for like 10 years to earn the right to do that. Exactly. So you say um, content, specific, or content specific, I can't remember how you said it. So mm. basically solving a problem or a how-to in your videos. And that's where you guys are going wrong a lot of the time. So it's not that you're not great on video or that your personality is not good enough or it's not knowing who you're talking to. So let's talk about niche. Yeah, absolutely. Having a focus to what you do, having a specific pain point and knowing that people come for education and then they stay for entertainment, which means that someone will come because you, Becky, are the solution to her burning the belly fat. She just had kids and she's like, oh my God, what do I do? And she now wants to associate you with being the guide and the solution for her belly fat. But then you can sprinkle in your lifestyle, your personality, all those things, and she'll probably stay for that. But she's coming to you because she was searching how to burn belly fat after having kids or how to get in shape after having kids. And you came up either from a searchable aspect or she found you somehow and then she realizes, oh my God, she reads your bio and she's like, that's so crazy. That woman solves the problem that I have. I just think there's so much power in being selective and specific and especially in markets like wellness coaching where it's just so big and vague and broad that you could get lost in that world unless you have a specific problem you solve. And it also makes it easier for you not only to market but to create courses because then you know what you're actually selling people on. And then later you can go broad. So I think it's good to start specific, start niche, and then you can kind of work out and add things in. So let's say you start with that and then you add in maybe some other little sub niches into that. But I think it's good to start with one have a specific problem you solve and just drive that home over and over and over. And that marketing is kind of that monotony of like solving that one problem over and over, figuring out how to articulate how to solve that problem and just doing that continuously where a lot of people get out and they're like, well, I just want to help women get healthy. What? Well, the issue is that's cute and that's great. But the problem is there, there's very, it's very rarely that a woman's going to be scrolling and be like, oh, wow, I can't wait to get healthy. She's probably saying something specific about her body or her, you know, that's just more, way more specific than that. So you got to speak to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and on that, I'd love to talk a little bit about money too, because this is such a huge issue in the space I work in. I think probably in the space you work in too, because the type of people who get into health coaching PT are very, I think you say woo-woo, <laughs> woo-woo people who are like all about the love and just helping people. I just want to help and give. And they feel so uncomfortable about receiving money, small amounts, large amounts, asking for money. The sale is icky. Mm -hmm. What can we do to help them? Yeah. What do you guys call them? Do you say woo-woo people? Oh, hippie, woo-woo. Oh, okay. No, I mean, my hippie's a bit extreme, actually. Sorry. Hippie, woo -woo. I don't know. 
they're just like very you know very mind and energy based and yeah. yeah yeah i think it's almost like harnessing some of the masculine energy and then balancing in the feminine when you're running the business so it's not two in one direction at all being super in the middle because a lot of those women then get lost in the vision of they kind of made up a problem that doesn't really exist in the market and then it's kind of like vague and then they're not speaking to one person and then they're like why am i and it's like well what is that you're actually selling they're like i don't even know how to explain it but don't worry it's needed and then it's just a mess so i think it's almost less is more and taking it back to the basics there's so much power in that when it comes to marketing but women don't want to admit that or do that because it sounds boring so they want to like add all this vanilla fluff in and then it gets confusing and if people don't know what you sell, they can't buy it. Like literally 100%. If someone, when they're checking out, can't say in their brain, oh, that's the problem I have, then it, or subconsciously, obviously, then it's, it's it, you can't make the sale because they don't know that they have that problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so okay. I just love to, I mean, obviously, in, like, in summation of most of this, I love to break things down and take it back to the basics of marketing because I think people try to overcomplicate it too. Massively. Mm. Yeah. And I, and I kind of want to talk about Pace to be Brave before we wrap up, but um, I love that you're talking about with Pace to be Brave, the feminine, the feminine energy and being able to sell from that feminine energy because for me, most of my career as a personal trainer, I was like the only female PT in the gym or one of few, and so it was very, very male-dominated and oftentimes I felt almost like I had to lift my masculine energy in order to fit in or to keep up but then yeah. there was these beautiful times when i kind of just dropped that and just let the feminine energy be what it was um so i'd love to talk about selling from that energy or just selling in general actually because i know you talk about it just being this beautiful exchange of energy and that even for me that was a really new way to describe it i've done a lot of money mindset stuff and everything but i just love the way you describe things yeah um, yeah, can we talk about selling and how they can kind of get over that icky feeling of selling? Yeah, it's so interesting. Money is such a weird thing, you know what I mean? Like when you really think about it, because it's like, I feel like we all take it so seriously, obviously, but know, right? when you really think about it, it's a piece of paper that is establishing you have value, I have value. Let's just let's just exchange them really quick. So I think one, it's taking money off the pedestal a bit and, and realizing that putting that stress on it, it's just making it worse as well, especially if you're in a sales-based business. And I think that sales is just a transfer of confidence. I think it's someone saying, I have something of value that I want to give you. You have something that uh, you have an issue. I'm going to solve it. And let's just, let's just shift it. And I think I almost like, similar to marketing. I, I take it back a few steps and I bring it back to the basics when, when, when I'm teaching my girls sales. And I think also knowing that if you truly have a gift, it's not a burden to someone. I think that's the biggest thing I hear from my girls is, well, I feel guilty. I feel bad. This is a burden. And realizing that this woman's not going to show up if you give it to her for free anyway. It's mm -hmm. happened to me all the time. I've done scholarships and usually that girl's not the girl to show up on the calls. She's usually not the one with the biggest transformation because there's a lot of, there's a lot of value in that transformation or that transaction. You know, I mean, I've joked to my friends, like going to Tony Robbins or like any of those things you do, the reason that they charge a lot is because they want to see how resourceful you can get to get to go to the event, right? Because yeah. if it was $5, no one would probably go to Tony because they'd be like, this is lame. And what is this? It's only $5. And they wouldn't yeah. take it seriously. And when you actually have to like put skin in the game, you take things seriously. And right now we have this thing called money that happens to be the most serious form of commitment 
in the world. And so it it's actually awesome. I'm glad we have it. I think it's great. And it gets me to be serious when I'm investing in things because I've received things for free and then I never download them and I never do them. So I think one, knowing that you're a gift and if you truly have a gift, there's no shame or guilt in knowing that you deserve that energy back because with that energy, then you can go give more to this world as well. And so it's almost, it's almost releasing the fear and releasing the guilt of taking in energy. I think women, we were made to receive, obviously, anatomically. <laughs> Not to get sexual on this call, you know what I'm saying? But we were, we were made to receive energy and love and money. And I think that women, we get so awkward receiving a compliment, anything in life. We're like, oh, no, no, it's okay. I'll just do it. And it's like, no, now I'm at a place where I'm like, no, I want to be valued for this. Like, I work really hard. And I think when you get to that place as a woman, it feels so good because you're like, this isn't icky. It's not weird. And it doesn't need to be weird. And I don't know who was the guy who made sales weird and ruined it for all of us. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Like, whoever it was, probably some creepy car salesman. So who knows? Yeah, 80s car salesman or, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's talk about pays to be brave. Is that still, are there still tickets? Yeah, yeah, we have some left. I'm so excited. It's, um, it's in October in eight weeks, and it's uh, not, uh, October 19th through 21st in gorgeous San Diego in the United States. And um, I'm really excited because I really wanted a conference like this to exist, and I didn't feel like it did here. And so I decided, why not create this? And a lot of female entrepreneurs go to these heavy masculine marketing events, and sometimes they leave feeling more defeated because it's like too much note-taking, and it's like, all right, this was intense. And so I was like, you know, there needs to be a female entrepreneur event, but make it really fun and make it enjoyable and make it interactive and have like some feminine energy to it too. And not just like sales tip number one and like show them all these like boring diagrams and everyone's like falling asleep. You know? So that was kind of my vision. I was just sitting there one day and I'm like, why doesn't this exist? And of course, whenever it doesn't exist, I'm always like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't do it. And so, <laughs> so I just did it. And little did I know it'd be the biggest headache ever, but getting through it. It's like one of those things I'm like excited for, but also excited to like breathe after it too. Um, yeah. But I'm excited. It's a big deal. It's been about 400 women in San Diego and a bunch of awesome speakers and it's going to be really fun. So I'm excited to, to bring that energy for women. Amazing. I'm going to post a link to where you guys can find tickets after we finish in the show notes and in the comments, because if you are there or anywhere near there, go, get go. go right go. now. <laughs> I believe you actually have a couple of Aussie girls coming, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm so excited to hear their accents. <laughs> <laughs> you have to bring her up on stage. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. That's just, it's so surreal to me. Literally, like, when I saw that, I just, like, started crying. I was like, oh, my God. Like, it's insane to think about, you know? It's such a weird feeling. I'm like, why is she coming from Australia to see me, you know? It's, like, really weird to accept, but it's like, no, this is good. Like, I, I really want to meet her. and. Knowing that they're like going to do that for me just means so much to me. It's just, it's an awesome feeling. So, and guys, they're like, that's a, that's a result of Angie showing up on a regular basis on yeah. a video, engaging with her community. Someone yeah. is flying from the other side of the world, literally, to go see her. Literally. <laughs> as much as I adore you, it's not like you're some like magical being who has all these secrets that someone else doesn't, you guys can do the same thing. All you need to do is just let go and start showing up for your I'm not a wizard. <laughs> Are you sure? Maybe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> um, so I like to ask everyone one last question at the end of the podcast. This is going to be yeah. hard for you because you're, you, 
you kind of share so much of yourself on social media. Yeah. What is one thing about you that most people wouldn't know? Mm. Mm. Hey, Sasha, my, I'm at my best friend's house. Let me ask her. <laughs> Sasha, what's one thing about me that people wouldn't know? Um, <laughs> That's so juicy. <laughs> It's not like they don't know I'm weird. Good to meet you. Hi. <laughs> I look forward to meeting you in person. This she is rude. <laughs> she was in Australia. She's in Australia. She's in Australia right now. I know. How cool is that? Um, Let's think. Um, oh my god, I'm stumped. Mm, I, knew, I knew this would get you because you share oh, so much. She just, okay, she just, just put Okay, weird fact actually. I've never had a headache in my life. Really? That's like a weird little fact. <laughs> That's awesome. I know I've never had one ever. Actually, I'm 28, so knock on wood. But um, that's a weird little fact. And then um, I actually hate traveling. I hate flying. I hate planes. Oh I'm a hard yeah, I think people assume like, why aren't you a digital nomad? I'm like, I want to stay in my house as much as possible. And some girls are like, can you come to blah 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 next? I'm like, no, I hate planes. Baby grandmas do not travel. No, baby grandmas don't like planes. <laughs> I know. I'm like, come to Australia. And you're like, no, hell no. I was like, heck no. That's so, no, you guys come. You're probably less afraid of planes than me. <laughs> I'm actually seriously considering coming in October. Uh, it's going to be a party, so. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I'm trying to figure it out. I may be there. Okay, amazing. Thank you so, so, so much. Um, oh, thank you. Guys, this is an example of just reaching out, like literally, literally when you said yes, you'd seen me. I know, and you were so cute and so nice about it. I was like, yeah. Oh my God, how you <laughs> I was like, how can I say no to this woman? She's so nice. So, way okay. to go, way to be brave, way to be bold, and way to be awesome at pitching and being really just, yeah, just being brave because it pays off. So. <laughs> The coolest, probably the last three, and the one coming up now. The people who come on the podcast are like people who I've followed for years, super high caliber. I never thought they'd say yes. So, guys, just reach out and be brave. It pays to be brave. There you go. <laughs> All right, we're gonna wrap up. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Hope you love this episode as much as I did. And I'll talk to you all really soon. Oh, bye. Bye, Ruth. Thank you so much. Bye, guys.